in the, in the book of Luke, in Luke chapter 6, beginning with verse 43, beginning with verse 43 of Luke chapter 6, we find these words, and these are the words of Jesus, for a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit, for men do not gather uh, figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from bramble bushes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Tonight's lesson is on ungodly words. It's, it's a lesson that talks about what, what is coming out of our mouth. What is coming out of our hearts? So think about that just for a moment. And we think about what do, just what do our words say about us? What do our words tell about our hearts and the condition of our heart? So we're going to turn to the book of Proverbs and see what the wise men had to say about ungodly words. Beginning in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. We read, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Sometimes we don't often think about the fact that our words have power. Our words have power. They have the power to build up. They have the power to turn down, tear down. They have the power to destroy. I remember as a child growing up, and perhaps you heard this saying growing up too, and you can even fix it. You can finish it for me. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Have, have you ever heard anything that was farther from the truth than that? that? That's about as far from the truth as you can possibly imagine. Because words will not only hurt you, they will cut you to the heart and leave scars that may never be seen but they can leave scars and ruin relationships, friendships. So we need to be careful and recognize the fact that our words do indeed have power. They're, they're very much like sometimes you think about a bullet that comes out of a gun. So our words can be used for a great good, but our words can also be used for great evil. We think about character the character that we possess. What is, what is our character? Well, someone has said our character is what really, is what we are really like on the inside, on the inside. Another person said our character are those things that we do when we think that nobody is looking, when that nobody sees, nobody's looking. That makes up our character. The, the wise man notices and considers the character of himself and others. So let's take a look for a few minutes at some of the things we learn from the book of Proverbs. Love believes. Turn, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we uh, read again some, some of the teaching from the New Testament concerning, concerning our words. I can't. We, we often refer, refer to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 as, as the chapter of love. 
But listen, if you will, to verses 4 through 8 of chapter 13. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely, does not speak, uh, seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails, but whether there is prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. The chapter of love. We should strive in our character to be more like Jesus every day. We should strive to have this kind of love. Love believes the best, and love covers a multitude of sins, as we are told, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, that love covers a multitude of sins. But love is not foolish nor naive. Our love should not be foolish nor naive. Consider uh, who we choose for our influences uh, can mean the difference between being saved and being lost. I, I don't know if we've thought about that often, but Paul would say in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, evil communication, evil communication corrupts good morals. So we need to consider who we stay with, who we spend time with, who we emulate, who we copy, who we, who we, who are our heroes, and how do they speak, and how do they talk? Because if we are emulating the wrong people and we're copying the wrong people, it could be that we are absolutely separating ourselves from God and the love that he has for each one of us. Bad words. Bad words. What, what they can tell us about our character as well as that of others. So again, out of the abundance of our heart, people are, people are judging us, are are making a decision concerning what kind of people we are by the words that we speak, by the very words that we speak. We, we need to be loving, as 1 Corinthians chapter 13 spoke of, but we also need to be discerning as well, discerning who our friends are, who we choose to spend time with, who we choose to have our friends. So when we speak, the, they, we're going to find indicators of what's going on inside our hearts, and especially when we speak about others. When we speak about others, when you speak, those who suffer, those who harbor hatred, will often flatter people with their speech. For instance, in Proverbs chapter ten, verse eighteen, we read, "Whoever hides hatred has lying lips," and then. Turn, if you will, also to Proverbs chapter 26, verses 24 through 28. Proverbs chapter 26, verses 24 through 28. Reading from the book of Proverbs. He who hates disguises it with his lips and lays up deceit within himself. When he speaks kindly, do not believe him, for there are seven abominations in his heart. Though his hatred is covered by deceit. His wickedness will be revealed before the assembly. Whoever digs the pit will fall into it, and he who rolls the stone will have it roll back on him. A lying tongue hates those who are crushed by it, and a flattering mouth works ruin. 
So once again, those who harbor hate in their heart, it, it will come out. It will come out, but it will come out sometimes in the form of lies as they try to flatter people. Hypocrites and fools will eagerly slander others. And Proverbs chapter 10, verse 18, once again, was quote that same verse. Whoever spreads slander is a fool. Whoever spreads slander is a fool. And in chapter 11, verse 9, the hypocrite with his mouth destroys his neighbor. So, spreading slander, what is that all about? When a person spreads slander, slander is to give an evil report about someone else. You know, the irony is that the irony of that is that uh, things that we tend to criticize about others are generally those very things that we ourselves have the greatest problem with. Have you ever thought about that? Those things, those faults that we find in other people are, are very often those very things that are we have faults in our life. And the, and the wise man says, we're hypocrites. We're hypocrites for doing that very thing. When we speak, <clears throat> there are those who, when they speak, they just have to tell everything they know. Everything they know. Uh, whether it's going to hurt someone's feelings or whether it's a secret that should not be told, they've got to say it. And, and the wise men says that they are foolish and they're undisciplined. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 8. The words of a talebearer are like uh, tasty trifles, and they go down into the inmost body. And in chapter 20, verse 19, he goes on to say, Who who goes about as a talebearer reveals secrets, therefore do not associate with one who flatters with his lips. So I think the lesson we can learn from that perhaps is that while there are some things that we might know, it might be wise for us not to tell everything that we know. That there are some things that just don't need to be spoken about. And I think that that's a lesson we all probably need to learn. There's, there are, there are, there's something that seems to be stimulating to some people about knowing the inside scoop of any kind of a matter. I think of these um, these magazines that you see up on close to the checkout stands at the grocery stores, the National Enquirer and things like that, and some of those gossipy magazines, right? They, they tell stuff about people that are just absolutely ridiculous, right? And why would that need to be said? It doesn't need to be said. It doesn't need to be said. Uh, God calls those who tell all they know fools. He says, People who do that are foolish. He wants us not to associate with those who are tell-bearers. The only thing that comes from such an association is strife. It's not going to do anything but create problems. <clears throat> I don't want to be political or anything like that right now, but I, I cannot help but look at what's going on in our country today with our government. And think about that very thing. <clears throat> there are things that are being said that are just absolute lies. And, and people know that they're lies, and they continue to tell those things. And it's not creating unity in our country. It's not bringing us closer together. 
It's not creating a, an atmosphere in which we can get things done for the betterment of the country. In fact, I think the world, as they look at our country today, they're laughing. That's my opinion. They're laughing at us, thinking those are the crazy. Those people are fools in some of the things that they're doing. The wise man says of those who would speak, he says, those who are quick to express anger are foolish. <clears throat> Sometimes there are people who said, well, you know, it just makes me so mad I've just got to say it. Have you heard people say something like that? I, and, and, you know, I, I know that's just what I was feeling, and I just felt like I had to say it. And, and that's not a good idea. So we're sometimes too quick to express uh, ourselves, and we may be expressing anger. And Proverbs says in chapter 12, verse 16, a fool's wrath is known at once. A fool's wrath. You're not going to hide that. You're not going to hide that. It's going to be known by everywhere, everyone around you. In chapter 22, verses 24 and 25, we read, Make no friendships with an angry man, lest you learn his ways and set a snare for your soul. What's the problem of being a friend to an angry, angry man? Well, it's that very thing, right? That angry man is not going to even make it any kind of an attempt to control what he has to say. He's just going to say whatever comes to his mind at that particular time, and the angrier he probably is, the worse he's going to talk. And, and, and so the, the, the proverb writer says, don't associate with people like that because you're not going to learn anything good. You're not going to pick up any good habits by working around or being around people who express their anger like that. Patience has been described as letting the motor idle when you really feel like just stripping the gears. You know, think about that just for a moment. As, as a young man, I, I, I kind of I, I recognize that analogy, right? Uh, you know, uh, having that hot car, you know, and, and you want to just sit there at that race and you just want to race that engine up and spin those tires and burn that rubber, you know? And But when what you ought to do is just let the car sit and idle. Well, sometimes we should engage our brain before we engage our mouths. We should stop and take time to think about what we're going to say, how it's going to sound, and then uh, think about, is it going to be useful? Is it going to be helpful? Does it, is it necessary? Is it going to make things better, or is it going to make things worse? Those who justify the wicked and condemn the just are just not right with God. They're not right with God. How could they be? In Proverbs chapter 17, verse 15, he says, He who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the just, both of them alike, are an abomination to the Lord. What makes God unhappy? Anyone who would justify the wicked, say, they're all right, they're okay, they're all right to be with, but at the same time, who will look at those who are just and say bad things about them, God says that's an abomination. That's going to make the Lord very angry. In Proverbs chapter 24, verse 24, we read, He who says to the wicked, you are righteous, him the people will curse. If we says to those who are wicked, you are righteous. In other words, it's like when we call those things that are right, wrong, we call those things that are wrong, right. We read about that too in God's word. He says, he's... It, 
that person's going to be cursed by the people. When we think about Jesus and his life on this earth, when he walked and talked on this earth, he ate with sinners and tax collectors. Yet that was not the same thing as justifying their sins. He didn't say they were right. He didn't say they were righteous. But he would point out the error of their way, and then we would know that some of those tax collectors and some of those people who were wrong would straighten out their life by associating with someone who is as pure as Jesus was. Just being around Jesus had to make people better. Had to make people better. To hear the way that he would talk. The way that he would encourage people. The way he would build people up. He would use his words for the betterment of everyone. <laughs> to speak, to listen to, or to enjoy gossip is, is to be ungodly. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 27, an ungodly man digs up evil and is on his lips, it is on his lips like a burning fire. An ungodly man looks for the worst things to say about people. And then he's going to say them. And then he's going to tell them. He's going to tell the world all about them. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 30, says, he winks his eye to devise he winks his eye to devise perverse things. He, he purses his lips and brings about evil. It kind of reminds me of those people, again, who always have to tell everything they know. Some people just can't stand to not be in the know. And then, as soon as they do know that, they're going to tell everybody else. They're going to let everybody else know everything that they know. Those who stir up strife are evil and perverse. From Proverbs chapter 16, verse 28, we read, a, perver a perverse man sows strife, and a whisperer separates the best of friends. I wonder sometimes, how many friendships have been destroyed? How many friendships have been destroyed by those who would say ungodly things or unkind things or untrue things about people that they loved. They were their friends. But friendships are sometimes destroyed by people talking like that. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 21. As, a, as charcoal to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. So who is the contentious man? What is a contentious man? It's a man, it's a person who is looking for a fight. It's just, he, he's just itching to create problems. He's just itching to stir up strife. Sometimes we'd say he's just looking for a bone to pick, right? He's just looking for a bone to pick. Looking for any little things that he can talk about, that he can wag his tongue about. Those who mock others, uh, this is interesting, those who mock others, especially those who are poor or those who are unfortunate, reproach God himself. The Proverbs, in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 5, we read, He who mocks the poor reproaches his maker. He who is glad at calamity will not go unpunished. He who mocks the poor reproaches his maker. God has always had in his heart a special place 
for the poor and the downtrodden, for the widows and for the orphans. God has had a very special place. He made special allowance for them in the Old Testament for them to be able to gather food and to be able to eat and to be taken care of. And so for a person to mock those type of people, they're going to be a reproach to God himself. They're going to answer for that sin to God. We need to practice being gentle towards other people. Being gentle. Again, thinking not only about the words that we would use, but but the tone of our voice that go along with those words. The tone of our voice. I, there are times when we can use the right words the wrong way. The right words the wrong way. So we want to be sure that not only the words that we use, but the tone of our voice, as well as our body language, because we're saying a whole lot with what we're doing with our eyes and our facial expressions and with our hands. We're speaking as boldly with those as we are with the very words that we choose. So we need to practice being gentle toward other people. We need to stop and think about how is this going to sound? How is this going to come across? Those who lie are mean-spirited and unreliable. The proverb writer says in chapter 14, verse 5, a faithful witness does not lie, but a false witness will utter lies. A false witness will utter lies. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 18, a man who bears false witness against his neighbor is like a cub, a club, a sword, and a sharp arrow. And it's no wonder that Jesus, uh, whenever he would give uh, the Ten Commandments, whenever Moses received the Ten Commandments way back when, he talked about bearing false witness against our neighbor. It's an abomination to God for us to tell lies about people like that, about anyone, where that goes. So, what can we expect to come from ungodly or unwholesome speech? Well, I, I think we can see a lot of things that might come from ungodly or unwholesome speech. For instance, number one, strife. I mean, wouldn't you expect that? Fighting? Yeah. In, in chapter 10, verse 12, we read, Hatred stirs up strife. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 14 says, The beginning of strife is like releasing water. Therefore, stop contentions before a quarrel starts. Ungodly words, unwholesome words, untrue words, lies, they're not going to build friendships. They're going to start fights. They're going to create strife. You know, you think a little bit sometimes about a, a church family that's embroiled in problems in the church uh, with strife within the church perhaps, perhaps because of uh, ungodly words or untruths or lies. You think about the energy that is spent in dealing with that problem and the whole time they're dealing with that problem, the good that they're not doing. Think about that. How does how is the, the neighborhood going to, going to view a church that's embroiled in contentions and strife within? It's not going to be looked on favorably, is it? So we should think about that. In Proverbs chapter 26, verse 20, where there is not wood, 
the fire goes out. And whether there is no talebearers, strife ceases. So, again, thinking about the church, how we're represented, how we're seen by those around us, you know, if, if there's no talebearers, if there's no strife, if we're seen unified, working together, accomplishing things for the Lord, we're going to be viewed as a place that people want to go, would want to be a part of. But if we're if we're embroiled in inner strife, then we're not going to be looked upon favorably. In, in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 11, we find out that cities, cities sometimes can be overthrown with ungodly words. And, and we read, By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. Well, those, those, uh, the, the mouth of the wicked can create lots of problems for places. And we're, we can even read there that cities themselves have been overthrown simply by words that people have chose to use and to say. Not only, not only nations, but, uh, not only, but cities. He says in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 8, scoffers set a city aflame, but wise men turn away wrath. We've already talked about this a little bit, and that's how that one of the one of the results of ungodly, unwholesome speech a speech is that well, it will separate it will separate friends, separate friends. Proverbs chapter sixteen, verse twenty-eight: A perverse man's soul strife, and a whisper separates the best of friends. Friendship takes a long time to build. Some. I, I've often thought how how precious uh, friendships are, how valuable they are, and and how difficult sometimes it is to 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 uh, grow a friendship and how long it takes sometimes, and then to know that something as as foolish as as a as a harsh word, an unkind word, or an ungodly word can tear all the efforts that have been made into that friendship. And that's a sad thing. We should cherish friendships. We should work at growing friendships. We should strive to have friendships. Um, I, I can remember growing up as a child. I, I, you know, I didn't have a lot of friends in school, but I can remember my mother saying, used to say this, she says, if you want to have friends, you first have to be a friend. I, maybe I wasn't a very good friend. I don't know, because I didn't have a lot of friends growing up. But they are something we cherish today uh, very highly, especially if our friends are Christian friends, people who are going to help us to get to heaven, people who are going to help us to be better in the lives that we live, and choosing the things that we should do and participate in and being places where uh, we should be. Another one of the results that we know about ungodly or unwholesome speech is broken spirits. Broken spirits. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 4 reads, A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. One of the things that I, I recognize today in the speech of young people Uh, Little kids, 
I'm talking about little kids who play with my grandchildren in our neighborhood, is how careless they are with ungodly words. It's scary. It's absolutely scary to hear the way that some of those kids talk, even to the point that sometimes their mom and their dad, Rachel and Mike, have had to tell them, you can't play. You can't play with that person. Why? Because of the way that they talk, their speech. It's not wholesome. And it's very easy, very easy for little kids to pick up habits and words that other kids do. Well, they say it. Why can't we say it? Ooh, what's the rule of thumb at your house? You know, what do your kids say? What do our kids say? Uh, maybe a rule of thumb might should be something like, if you hear me say it, then it's okay for you to say it. That would be a good rule of thumb, right? Then, of course, it's going to help us to remember we need to be careful about the things that we say, right? If we tell our children and grandchildren that, then we better be sure that what comes out of our mouth is wholesome speech, speech that's going to build up and not tear down, speech that's going to improve and going to help people be better. Here's something to think about. There, there is a guarantee in the book of Proverbs that ungodly speech is going to be rewarded. It's not found only in the book of Proverbs. It's throughout the Bible. The ungodly speech, unkind words, lies, tale-bearing, gossip, all of those things are, 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 going, are, are not going to go unpunished. In Proverbs chapter 19, verse 5, a false witness will not go unpunished, and he who speaks lies will not escape. Whenever... Uh, we read from the writers of the New Testament, and they talk about those who have their part in the lake of fire. Those who will have their part in the lake of fire, he always mentions liars. He always mentions liars. Liars, talebearers, gossipers, whispers, those who spread lies, are they're going to be punished in the end. In Proverbs chapter 19, verse 29, judgments are prepared for scoffers and beatings for the backs of fools. As we read earlier, those who do such things are foolish. Those who take the time to use the wrong words or who use ungodly speech or who uh, say unkind things about the poor are those who are less fortunate. He says they're fools. And, and fools are going to be punished uh, because of the words that they say. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 28 says, A false witness shall perish, as will all those who disobey God, as will all those who spread lies, who are gossipers. So you think, what, what's going to help people who are engaged and this kind of speech, an ungodly speech, it's going to take a change of heart, right? If we're going to be judged by those, the words that we speak that come out of our heart, then for someone who is a talebearer or a gossiper or a liar to change, he's going to have to first have a change of heart. Why? Because without a change of heart, he will keep doing the same thing. He will do the same thing over and over again. 
In Proverbs chapter 26, verse 11, uh, this is a verse that's quoted in the New Testament, by the way. It says, as a dog returns to its own vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. Those who are foolish, those who are tailbearers, those who continue to do those sort of things without realizing that they're doing, uh, if they're, they're, they're hurting themselves and hurting other people, hurting the church, if they don't have a change of heart, that practice will continue as it is. I, I, it's kind of a short lesson tonight, but I think it's a very pointed lesson. I, I think it's a lesson that we should think about. Uh, one of the, the things I was thinking earlier about uh, as far as ungodly speech is the fact that we need to give a great deal of care uh, whenever we are talking about the Lord and the different words that we use here, used about Him and His Word. People who use His name uh, in profanity, God's name in profanity, that's, if, there, if, if there is such a thing as an ungodly word, that's it, right? When you would take the name of the Lord in vain. Or when we use the name of the Lord lightly. And, and we see this a lot. I, I, I'm not, uh, I, I don't do the, all the Facebook and stuff like that, but, but I hear, uh, in fact, it's gotten to be pretty popular. OMG. Folks, that's, that's, that's not the proper use of the name of God. That's not, that's not, not give, living God, lifting God up in the, in the worshipful way that we should worship Him. But then there's other words that we use sometimes that are just about as bad, and we should be very careful about them. Things that we don't think a great deal about when we say something like, well, gosh, that's not a good thing either, or golly. Those are, those are also some bad uses of, of those kind of words. And we should take time to be careful and help our, our children and our grandchildren to recognize and see the importance of using God's name the right way, the holy way that brings glory to him, that brings glory to the church, that builds people up, builds friendships, and doesn't destroy them.